Welcome and thank you for listening to this message from Legacy Church New Braunfels. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from Cindy Hatcher. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Isn't he good? He's so good, you guys. He's so good. We're going to do things just a little bit differently today. Uh, Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. I'm going to share a word that the Lord's given me that I've been praying through um, before I have the team come up. We usually shift into, um, from healing, we go into prophetic ministry time. We have a team that will come up and prophesy over you guys because we really believe that everybody can hear the voice of the Lord. Everybody has a personal relationship with the Lord, can hear the Lord for themselves and for other people around you. And we're going to activate that here in a minute when the team comes up to share some prophetic words. But um, I have some things that I, that I feel like the Lord wants me to do and to share, and I'm not exactly sure how it's all going to come out. So I'm going to pray for just a moment. Jesus, this is your word, and this is your house, and I'm your servant. So, Lord, speak through me, Holy Spirit, just what you want to be released and nothing more. In Jesus' name. Now, this isn't going to be a sermon like a typical sermon. I'm warning you now. Um, It's going to be a little bit more hodgepodge, and you might get some pieces, and you may not get the whole thing, and that's okay. There are going to be some nuggets in here that are for you, though I believe, and the Lord's going to wrap it up however he wants to do it. But today is a significant day. It's a significant day in the calendar for me personally, for our family, but also I believe in this house. Now, if you don't know the Hebrew calendar, if you're not familiar with the Hebrew calendar, we've been in a season and are in a season right now of major shifting. And in September, um, starting on the 14th um, or the 15th, trying to remember now, I don't have it, 15th, on the 15th was um, Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the new year in the Jewish tradition. Um, this year we're coming into is 5784. And so in the Jewish calendar, in the Hebrew tradition, 5,784 years ago is when earth was created, Adam and Eve were formed. Okay? So you can get out the whole science stuff of, oh, we're supposed to be here a billion years? Yeah, I don't think so. But, um, but I'm going to tell you, um, each season, each year, um, in the last decade or more, the Lord talks to me in lots of weird ways, just like he probably does with you, and lots of different signs and symbols and, and circumstances. So I'm going to share with you a few of these little puzzle pieces and how he does some things. But it's significant. It's going to come together, I promise, I hope. And so we were in that season of Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Hashanah is the new year, so it's celebrating newness of life, right? Um, all things, the creation, everything that began. And that from that point, into these next 10 days from then, the 14th, 15th, really, until today, has been what they call the 10 days of awe. And in those 10 days of awe, it's a time and a season of repentance and reflection. It's a time when the Jewish tradition is that you go before the Lord, you purify yourself, you fast, you pray, so that you get right with God. This is a time of repentance, returning to the Lord, getting right with him, because come Yom Kippur, which starts tonight and goes all day tomorrow, their, their days go from evening to evening, so sundown to sunset. And so this next 24 hours, starting tonight until tomorrow night, is the most high holy day in the Jewish tradition and the Hebrew calendar. It was the one time that the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and would um, pray repentance 
sacrifice and all of those rituals that they would do to enter into the high holy to be able to speak to the Lord for this next year to intercede on behalf of Israel and all of that. It was the one day of year. The priests would go through all the cleansing rituals, would wear the ephod, do everything, and they would tie a rope around their waist as they entered into the outer court, the inner court, into the holy of holies because if there was any sin left on them, if there was anything unrighteous, that priest would die and no one was going in after him. They'd have to pull him out and then go through another prayer time and ritual to go through the cleansing again to intercede on behalf of Israel. Now, thank you that Jesus came as our high priest, right? Remember, when he rose again, he said, Mary, don't touch me. I have yet to go because he had to go and be the high priest once and for all to go into the high place, the holy of holies and the tabernacle in heaven and pour out his blood upon the altar there. And to be able to sit at the right hand of God. When he said it is finished, it was finished. And yet there's still symbolism. There's still a time and a season where the Lord says, even though that is true and it's already happened. So why do we talk about the Hebrew calendar? Because it's still God's calendar. And he's still talking. He didn't finish talking when the Bible was put together. He's still talking, okay? And so... Um, prophetically, there are words that the Lord is releasing right now. I, I have to go back and tell you a few of these little pieces. Um, today is also a significant time um, for us because today, September 24th of 2014, was actually Rosh Hashanah. And um, that was the day we moved into New Braunfels. The Lord would not let us move in a day before that. Trust me, we tried. We tried for a good couple of months to get into our new home, to be able to sell our other home. Chris had to move into a hotel for a month, transitioning into his job. That was in San Marcos at the time. It was a major transition. There was a lot of warfare for us to get to this city. But God made a way. And on that day, I asked him, I was like, oh, we're finally here. Thank you, Jesus. But why did it have to, why did it take so long? And he, he showed me the calendar. He said, my days and times are appointed, and you came in on the day that I said that you would come. And I'll never forget the day now, September 24th of 2014. Before that, we had known that we were moving for nearly a decade. Several times the Lord had told us that we would be moving. We came out of Abilene, West Texas, several times. Neither of us really wanted to leave, but we knew that God was up to something, and he was preparing us along the way. Words were coming more frequently and then more directly. Um, Ivan Alam, who, if you guys remember Isabel, who was here, her first husband, Ivan, had given us a very long prophetic word about us moving and changing and shifting. I knew that um, our relocation was imminent, and for a few years before that, the Lord kept giving me this phrase, get your house in order. And he meant on every level, every single year that it came. And then it was confirmed again by a prophet named Larry Randolph, who um, had a message that was very clear and very direct, the same thing. So a lot of things happened between that season. I don't have time to go into all of that. There's a lot of little words that will sprinkled around where God kind of shows you breadcrumbs, like go here, and then you're going to do this, and you're going to go here. And we were, we were looking for a place to settle. We were looking for a church house, and we were like, okay, Lord, where are we supposed to be? You know, he was working in San Marcos. We were living in New Braunfels. We were looking for a church to settle in. We visited several places. And when we came to Legacy, um, I'm going to tell you that the reason why we came here is because Jay was preaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit on Sunday morning. And I said, I got to go visit that church. He's talking about it on Sunday morning. And he was teaching and he was preaching on the gifts and he was teaching on tongues. And I remember thinking, okay, let's do this. Let's go after it. And, and at the time, the church wasn't ready yet. He was plowing ground back then. 
He was plowing ground to even help people come into the understanding that the gifts are still for today and we can move and we can activate in them. Y'all, this is a completely different house today than where we were back then because he plowed the ground and then others came along to partner. And so we're thankful. I knew that I knew that I knew that we liked Jay and his heart was pure, but we weren't sure this was still our house yet, right? I thought, well, well we got to go to some place that's already like moving and got the prophetic and all those things. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. We tried really hard to go to a couple other places. And the Lord just said there was a ceiling in each one of those places. And and he told us to come back here and to be able to partner with Jay. He literally told me to make covenant with Jay. And that is a heavy, holy word that I did not take lightly. We did not take lightly. That's why we say we don't join churches. We join leadership. Because they cast the vision. They cast the vision. And then I knew that this is where we were supposed to be. So I'm thankful I'm thankful um, that there's nine years, and nine is a really significant number for me. It was the, I was nine years old when I got saved. When they asked me for your sports, like, what's your favorite number? I could only think of nine because I thought of Jesus every time I thought about nine. There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's nine fruit of the Holy Spirit. Nine's number for revival. There's a number of giving birth. So it's a significant time and a significant season. These are all the little things that the Lord gives you when he walks you on the journey of your life. And so... When we knew um, we were going to be here, I kept asking, Lord, um, so uh, about a word, like, okay, so what's our assignment? Like, how, how are we supposed to operate? Like, what do we do? And this was before I was ever, we were ever on staff or anything. We were just coming. We were just trying to help out. And the Lord said this. He said, it's a tale of two cities. Because we were like, New Braunfels, San Marcos, where is our assignment? Even if we came to church here, he said, it was a tale of two cities. And then I immediately thought of the book from the French Revolution called The Tale of Two Cities, which I'd never thought about since high school, and there's no reason why I should understand or remember the first line of the book, but I did. He said, it was the best of times and the worst of times. I don't know how I knew that, but I knew that I knew it, and I knew it was the Lord, and it's not like I've thought about that since reading it in high school, but immediately then after I heard the phrase, it was the best of times, the worst of times, as in the days of Noah. And so, of course, I go hunting through Scripture trying to figure out stuff. And uh, in Luke 17, 26, as it describes the second coming, he says, And just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it will be also, says the Son of Man. They were eating and they were drinking. They were marrying until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on that day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. And it will be just as the same on the day that the Son of Man revealed is revealed. On that day, the one who is on the housetop and whose goods are in the house must not go down to take them out. And likewise, the one who's in the field must not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. Basically, God was saying that we were entering a time and a season where it was the best of times and the worst of times, as in the days of Noah. There would be a great and terrible day of the Lord that was approaching, and we were preparing the way of the Lord. That we were also called to two cities, not just one. It was something about the region. And he began to show me that there was a bridge between these two cities that would take place. Something would set, almost like a little bomb would go off, and it would, re it would reverberate like a wave that would go out toward Austin, which is an international city, and out toward San Antonio, all up and down the I-35 corridor. And I said that phrase to Jay, and I didn't even know that's what you guys called it here when we first showed up. Jay had many confirmations as well as different words that he had had as well. But in the spirit, we just knew that, that the Lord was doing something. And so we've been praying into that for years now. I'm going to skip through some things. 
Um, if you don't know, there was a word released in the 70s in California that Texas would start a revival, that there would be a people that come together as in the lion of the tribe of Judah and will start a revival that will set Texas on fire and it will affect the nation and the world. It was told by Bill Hart when we visited the Cathedral of Praise back in the time when it was in Austin. And I have a painting, uh, Latimer. This is Latimer's lion. actually happens to be here on this little flag if you guys have never seen this. My friend Latimer painted it. And, uh, and we gave him um, a picture of that when we did a mission trip. And he began to share uh, this testimony, this, this word, this prophetic word. And, um, and he would get lions all the time given to him as gifts. And so that was one that we had done as well. And when we were there, um, well, anyway, I'm going to skip a few things. It's important that we recognize that we have to work toward unity in the body. Um, where we came from in West Texas, there was um, uh, uh, several pastors of different denominations that would get together and do events, kind of like when we talked about Love New Braunfels, it was like that, like just going after being generous in the city, serving the poor, taking action and doing something outside the four walls. And I hear the Lord saying again, it's time to unify and it's time to get rid of all territorialism, to let go of any personal agenda, to unify the body, to get out into the cities and to love people, street evangelism, power and prophetic evangelism. It's time to do the stuff. I saw in one of the times we had an apostolic um, uh, meeting of various different pastors in this whole region at one point, and I had a vision, and I saw... The man pushed himself off the ground, dusted himself off, and stood strong. He was ready for battle. And the Lord reminded me of Ezekiel 37, to unify and join together when those bones became flesh and became an army. And then later in 37, it talks about taking those two sticks in your hand. And he's highlighting what's in your hand right now. It's time to join together like bones being held together strongly by ligaments, tendons, muscles, and skin. It's time to get your skin in the game, he said. Sacrifice your agenda for his agenda and for those around you. It's time to work together. And he kept highlighting Romans 12. Now, last year, the Lord highlighting Psalm 23, kind of seems obvious, 2023. Doesn't really seem very prophetic, but I don't know about you. That's been a very powerful psalm in most of my life. And it was certainly true in this last year. The Lord wants to be our shepherd that provides all that is needed to sustain us, to know the good shepherd in the midst of trial and to have your dependence on him alone. But this year... 5784 or 2024, as we're entering into this time of reflection and repentance, as we come into tonight and then tomorrow, Yom Kippur, I want to invite you to consider this as a time of prayer and fasting and consecration to the Lord. It is an invitation to an upgrade. This is why we did the prophetic act that the Lord said to do when it came time to do the rummage sale. I promise you it was not about the money. It was about getting your house in order. From a personal word he gave to me to a house word to you, it's time to get your house in order. How many of you felt the shift when you got rid of your stuff? There's just something about cleaning house on every level, and the Lord always starts with his house first. He always starts with us first. It was time to get our house in order, to come into an upgrade I want to tell you that when you look through the Hebrew letters, if you ever study the Hebrew letters, each letter has a number, has a sound, has a picture, has a word, has a meaning in the combinations. And the thing that the Lord highlighted to me back in 2019, actually, he showed me that this would be a decade of the mouth that speaks forth the word of the Lord because the word 
the, it was 57.80, and 80 is the word pay, P-E-Y, and the picture of that word looks like a mouth with a fire inside. And, and, the, and the picture means to speak forth, basically, that word pay. And so he said that this would be a decade of the mouth that speaks forth the word of the Lord. There would be a decade of the prophets rising and the prophetic movement, the prophetic ecclesia to arise and shine. Look how the enemy tried to come against the mouth that speaks with the masks. When uh, we look at 5784, 80 is still pay, right? But the four is a is dalit, and the picture of that looks like a door. So if any of you are le- reading and listening to any of the different words from different people right now, we're getting lots of words about the door, about the door, the door, the open door. I'm going to share with you what the Lord showed me. He said, this year we'll be focused on doors closing and doors opening. It's a turning of an epic season, E-P-O-C-H. That means a completely new shift. And the word shift is super highlighted. But he said, there's not just a closing of a chapter, but it's a new book. And I have to tell you about this dream I had. If any of you guys remember when the Lakeland Revival was going on several years ago, whatever you think about it is okay. That's not my point. I know that I know that God moved. I was there. I went there and, um, and was touched by the Lord in a very tremendous way. But before we ever went, I was watching it online. And I remember asking the Lord, what is this? Like, like is this what revival is? Is this what it's going to look like? Like, what's going on? Just asking the Lord. And he said, he gave me a dream. Um, I'm trying to decide how much of the dream I need to share with you. But basically, in the dream, I was outside at Hardin-Simmons. We went to Hardin-Simmons, which is a small Baptist college in West Texas. And I was outside. It was dark. And there were people kind of just chilling out, hanging out or whatever. It was kind of a bit of a party scene, although that doesn't really happen on, on the campus. But it was very clear that this was representative of the world. Think about the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies as I say this. So I was outside in the dark. Those worldly kind of things were taking place. As I come into the gym, it's, it's at night, and so this is when, like, intramural sports goes on and stuff, right? So everybody was inside. They were playing basketball. People were milling around, watching their teams play and cheering on friends or whatever. It was just a good social time. But it was, it was bright. It was cleaner than what was going on outside, right? This was the healthy fun. This was the, the good kind of fun, good, clean fun. But I was drawn to go into the women's locker room. And as I walked into the women's locker room, I saw people kind of just standing around. It was like a doctor's office. It looked exactly like the locker room, mind you. So the little place where there's the bench where you change clothes and there's the shower curtain, all of that was all still there. The cinder block walls, the bathrooms and the mirrors and all the things, and then the lockers. And then back beyond this other little way was where the coach's office was, like another internal kind of room. But everybody was kind of sitting around, and I was asking the Lord, like, what's going on? And there was, like, a mother with a son who had, like, some kind of allergies or cold or something. There was a girl that was looking in the mirror, checking out her body, and I knew she had an eating disorder. There were all these ailments and these physical issues and stuff that was going on with people. And they were waiting for healing to go in to see the doctor who was inside where the coach's office was. So as I waited for a little while, nothing else seemed to happen. Uh, I was like, okay. And then for some reason in the dream, I left. I walked out, went back to the gym, same scene, walked outside, same scene, came back inside, same scene, came back into the locker room, and everyone was gone. I was like, oh, I guess everyone has already been seen. So I go into the very inner room. And immediately I see women in their 40s to 70s 
and they were African women. They were black women from Africa. They had strong um, accents, and they were speaking in English, and they said, it's time to pray. Oh, he said, it's time to pray. And each of the women, there was one lady there who says, okay, now who's going to pray for the children? And a couple of people raised their hand. And who's going to pray for healing? And a couple, of, and who's going to pray for, for whatever reason? They said, Benny Hinn's ministry. And so they were, they were naming out a bunch of different things like that. And then they waved to me to join them in prayer. Now, if you ever played sports and prayed before your game, like we did in volleyball, we crossed our hands like this to circle up when we prayed. So that's what they did. So just as we did, we crossed our arms. We began in a circle. There was probably about 20 of us. And we began to um, pray. And as I bowed my head, I immediately saw a vision and a table opened up right here. And as I looked at it, I could tell the intention of the Lord was to look at the table from right to left. That's how you read in Hebrew, by the way, is from right to left. And he showed me from right to left, there were three giant books. They were about this thick. I haven't shared this up until just the last couple of weeks. And so um, I feel the weight of the Lord on this word. And I don't even fully understand it all, you guys, just in all honesty. On the right side, the book was open. And it was about two-thirds of the way through it. And I couldn't read the book. But I knew that that was the time and the season that we were in, in that book. And then there were two other books standing up with the binders still this thick, the binders sticking up. And all I could read was on, this, on, the, on the binder, it said Second Pentecost, and it said Second Coming. And I woke up. I've been praying through this dream for a very, very long time. Um, I believe that the Lord is showing us that we're actually shedding the first book and moving into the second one. I don't know what that means or what that looks like. But I believe that there is such a great second Pentecost coming. And mind you, I have no, I have no history in Pentecostalism. I have no history in latter rain theology. None of that stuff is, please hear me. Don't hear what I'm not saying about any of this. I don't know exactly what this means. But I know that I know that I know that we're not closing a chapter. We're shedding a book and we're entering into a whole new thing. And what I make up about that in Second Pentecost is there's a move of God that is coming that is going to be so great that it's going to continue on through that second book. And I don't know how long that takes. I'm not saying that that first book was all of history. I have no idea. A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day for the Lord, okay? I don't understand it all. But I know that I know that I know how that we are closing that first door and we are entering that first uh, book and we're entering into the second book, whatever that means. But it said second, com- it said second Pentecost, and the third book said second coming. The Lord's been highlighting Psalm 24. And the key place in there is lift up your heads, O you gates, you ancient doors. Let the King of glory come in. Go and read Psalm 24. I don't want to take up too much more time. But it's all about who is this King of glory. He's the one who's coming. We're preparing it. And these verses were highlighted to me. Isaiah 22, 22. I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David, and what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. 
Revelation 3 was highlighted, 3 and 4. 3, 7 through 13 says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews or believers, though they are not, or liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one can take your crown. To the one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The whole letter is an invitation to us to come up higher, to be refined in the fire. The door is open. We have access to all that is needed because we fight from victory, not for victory. It continues in verse 18 through 22. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. John 10, 16 says, The good shepherd Jesus is gathering his sheep. Um, people are going to start coming in from all over. As we go out, they're going to come in. Evangelism specifically is being highlighted in this hour. We have a kingdom mandate, a great commission, evangelism, discipleship, family, mission launches, setting people into identity and destiny to go out into the seven mountains to take territory. And the Lord highlighted Nehemiah 7 through 10 as well. I won't be able to read all of it, obviously, but after the walls were built, there was a time of consecration and rededication for each family to sow into what God was building and to do their part to rebuild. I believe this is an important thing for legacy to understand specifically what, quote, all hands on deck means, which is what Isabel prophesied over us. It's what all in means to really be wholehearted is to be all in. It will take everyone doing their part. And I'm not just talking about legacy. I'm talking about the body of Christ as a whole. Every single one of you has an important assignment. Everyone has a purpose. Our purpose is to bring heaven on earth, to love God and to love people. The plan is always a little bit different with each one of you based on the gift that he's given. But there is no, warm, no more lukewarm Christianity. Christianity was never supposed to be lukewarm. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold or I'll spit you out of my mouth. You're not supposed to be lukewarm. God will separate the wheat from the chaff in this next season. They grow together. You don't know until they're fully grown. 
Can you see now things that are fully grown don't look like wheat? Look in, look in the culture. Look at what's going on in the world right now. You're going to start seeing it way more obviously. When the enemy overplays his hand, he's scared. The remnant is rising. I keep hearing that. I keep seeing people talking about the remnant. What does that mean? It's the ones who are fully, completely set apart for the Lord. Those who have been set apart and are willing to be set apart and be fully consecrated to him to really be all in. I also believe that this is a Joshua crossing over time, a time to take territory. He keeps talking to me about Jericho. One of the things that he showed me as the Emerging Prophet School does prophetic acts every single month, he showed me the map of New Braunfels specifically. And if you look at the highway from I-35 that goes across, and then you've got 46 that comes down and through around the other way, right? And then you've got that loop. And all I can tell you, and I'll have to, I didn't bring the picture to show it to you here, but I'll put it on our Facebook page later. But he showed me immediately pay, the word picture, and the, the, what it looks like, the letter, the word pay. It actually is the highway. <laughs> the way that the highway is written with the loop looks like the letter pay. And then he showed me Dalit, which was I-35 and 46, where that crosses. Um, we actually had one of our students talk about that being a cross point that we need to go to to pray. It's the east gate of the city. The eastern gate is very important when you think about the tabernacle. It's the one that the Lord comes in to is the east gate. And so I feel like the Lord is showing us bits and pieces of the puzzle of what he wants to do in this hour. And so I'm going to pray right now. Father, I thank you for what you're doing and what you're saying right now. And we say yes to you, God. We come before you right now in this time, in this season of repentance and returning. Lord, we are returning to you. And we thank you, Lord, that if there's anything, anything whatsoever, anything that is hindering our ability, Lord, to move into that place, I thank you that you are removing it because nothing can hinder your love. But I thank you, Father, that you're showing us exactly what needs to be shut off and cut off. And so I say it right now prophetically, Lord, as you draw the line in the sand, as you are closing one door, as you are closing that book, that other book, and you are opening a new door, you are opening a new book, we now prophetically step in. We say yes to you, God, with all that you're doing in this hour and in this season, Father. We say yes to you that we are a Joshua generation that is going to take land and territory, that we're stepping into the promised land. And even though there were still giants that had to be taken out, God, you're doing that. You're doing it, God. And we thank you that it's you who is leading the way. It's you who is doing the work. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so I thank you that you are preparing your body right now, God, that you're preparing us. Lord, you're removing all distractions. You're removing the things that the enemy has had his little fingers in, Lord, and you're cutting them off right now. I just hear and release freedom. Freedom, freedom has been the message. Freedom is the message this week. Freedom is the message of the conference this weekend, God. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is nothing hindering us any longer. And so, Lord, I thank you that you are calling your sons and daughters to arise right now in this hour to be a pure remnant, to be a pure bride, to step into the fullness, Lord, where we don't understand. We don't understand everything, God, but we don't, you don't call us to understand, Father. You call us to obey. You call us to love you and to love others and to obey. So we thank you. 
We thank you, Lord, that you're doing it. I thank you for the acceleration that is happening and the expansion to come. We thank you, Lord, as we prepare the way of the Lord in our hearts, our minds, our homes, in this city, God, in this region, for this state and for this nation. Lord, you're doing it. You're resetting everything. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to remind you, you must have a victorious eschatology. Eschatology is the end times. If you think it's only going to get worse and worse and worse till Jesus comes back, that's not true. Not for you. Not for you. Because the glory is taking us from glory to glory. He's taking us from glory to glory. No matter what you see, no matter what happens in the earth, no matter what's going on in the world, you are people of hope, and hope does not disappoint. It is not wishful thinking. Biblical hope is a confident expectation of good things coming. There's only good things coming. If you see anything else, get back into alignment with him. Have a victorious eschatology because it's good, and there's good things coming. And team, if you guys will go ahead and come up with me really quick. Yeah, I, I just feel like the Lord... Um... I feel like we're supposed to transition is, but I think the team's going to prophesy over here. Um, that was such a spot on good word that I don't want to just move into personal ministry. I, I feel like we as a house are supposed to say yes to that. And you did in your prayer. And so uh, I know Catherine is preparing for the next new members class, but I need somebody from the connections team that knows where the communion is to go grab the communion cups for me right now. Um, I felt like we're supposed to, with what Cindy was releasing in this thing, there was something that was said on Friday night um, when we were up at Bethel Austin. The same, I mean, the very similar word. Cindy didn't know it. She wasn't there. And when it came in and we started talking about it, I was like, yes, this is the now word. And, and um, what had happened at the end of worship is Joaquin, who's a senior pastor at Bethel Austin, came up and he said, I feel like I saw Jesus walk into the room and literally close the door, lock it. And that was the door to the past. And he closed and he locked it. And it says, it's time to move forward and live present future, not past present. And, and in that, he, he says, I'm going to ask Jake, the, Jake uh, Hamilton who's leading worship. He says, I'm going to have him lead us in worship one more time. But what I want to do is, is I, I want to celebrate the past season, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You celebrate it, but then you move forward from it. And he said, and then we're going to sing another worship song, and it's going to be the first worship song of the new epic season. And so I, what I just felt like is when Sydney was talking about that is grab the communion cups. And what y'all did when she was praying is like, we celebrated the past season in that moment. And in your yes, you said, yeah, but I'm ready for the next. And I felt this communion, this, when Jesus says at the last supper, I'm not going to enjoy the fruit of the wine, vine until I enter into my kingdom. And, and I just want you to understand is, is that that was a changing of epic seasons that is what happened with Jesus in that moment. And I felt like this is saying, this is the family meal. This is going to be the first family meal we take together of saying yes to the open door. Because we've said the door that's closed behind us was a good door. It was Jesus' time then, but we're not going back in through that door again. The door's locked. The key is locked. We're moving forward. And that's what the celebration of communion is going to be about. And then our, our prophetic team afterwards is going to do that. So, And as, as you're handing out, you need to see something. We're, we're a five-fold house.
We don't, we don't, when you talk about fivefold ministry, I'm, a, I'm an apostle, but I don't put it on my business card. I just be it. All right? Cindy's a fivefold prophet. We don't talk about it. She just is it, and there's an activation into it. And so I, f- I felt like it was something that in this house, because we're a fivefold house, it was important for this to be a fivefold meal that's a family meal. And so I'm going to have our prophet actually release that right now. I'll give you just another minute to make sure everybody has their element. I just want you guys to take a moment, and you can certainly take more time this afternoon and this evening before sundown especially before we enter into Yom Kippur. For me, this is a time where um, I fast and I pray for the next 24 hours, um, and don't, I don't go to work. Um, I'm not saying that you have to do that. I'm just saying ask the Lord what you're to do. But in this moment, he may show you some things that you're going to need to spend some more time with him on today to get right, whatever that is. But Father, we come before you right now, and I thank you for the body of Jesus that you sent for us. Lord, I thank you that in the body that was broken for us, you make us whole. And so we don't take the body lightly, but we take it as you gave it in love. This was the body that was broken for you. Take and eat. And be made whole. And Lord, you said that that the blood was the new covenant, the promise. We thank you for your blood, God. It was shed, that wiped away every sin and every ability for sin to ever have power in us ever again. I thank you, Lord, that your blood finished it and your blood continues to do its work. Lord, you said that it's by the power of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb, that we overcome the enemy. So we thank you as we receive your blood right now. In Jesus' name. So we thank you, Lord. We celebrate you, Jesus. We celebrate who you are and what you're doing. And we thank you, Lord. The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Come and have your way, God. Come and release a fresh fire upon us all. Release a fresh wind right now, God. We activate the angelic host of heaven, Lord, to pour your spirit out again. Lord, you said it's a second Pentecost. I have no idea what that looks like, God, but I can only imagine, Lord, that you are empowering your people to move forward by your spirit, God, and making your name famous once again. Do it again, God, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.